praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above church so glad to be here with you today on this palm sunday just thought it'd be kind of cool to start a little differently today that as we sing together as we center ourselves on who god is and why we're here to worship that it would just prepare within us this expectation of what god wants to do and my encouragement to you is you've made it to the right place you're here for a reason and i just want to encourage you as we worship together to just invite god's spirit to meet you here today so with that, let our praises rise in this place and let's continue singing together. Song that overcomes the agency, and 
even now, I just pray, Lord, as we come together, God, may we be reminded of the places in our lives, God, that you've been good. Lord, even for those of us who are in places of struggle or grief or loss, God, that even in this place right now, we would sense the very peace of your presence. God, that you are one who is close, that the scriptures tell us that you are a friend who sticks closer than a brother. God, we cling to that truth today. And even at the beginning of this Holy Week, God, we look to the cross, we look to the redemption, God, and we're just reminded of how beautiful you are, how beautiful is your love for us. And God, in response, we just want to cry out our gratitude to you. Oh, King Jesus, we're so grateful, Lord, that even while we are broken, while we are lost, God, that you come running after us. May we continue to experience your goodness today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
a powerful name. It is the name of Jesus, the name above all names. He who is reigning in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf, even now, for every need, great and small, he cares about us. He loves for us. He has plans for us. You know, when we gather together, we come together and we pray and we say, you know what? If you come in here and you're, you're carrying a burden, something is heavy on your heart, big or small, we just invite you to have a seat. You know, it's a way of just surrendering that need before God saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you to move in this situation. You know, it's a way that we, we just pray for each other. And you can do that if you're celebrating as well. It's a way that we say, God, we thank you for how you are moving in our life. Because both those things are true when we come together. There's both celebration and there are hard things. So let us pray together now. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the truth of your word, for the truth that you love us, that you care for us, that there is nothing too small or too big to come before you. You care about every aspect of our life. God, we know that our, those are just hurting today that have had loss in their lives, that are even um, near the end of their lives. There's those who've had difficult diagnoses, those who have trouble in their jobs and their relationship or their finances. Lord, God, would you move in each of those situations? Would you be our God? Would you whisper in our ears that you love us, that you care for us? Would you provide where we need provision? Would you bring hope where we feel helpless, where there is anxiety and difficulty in our life? God, we, we can trust you with all those things, and we just thank you for that. God, and we also celebrate with those who are celebrating. There's good things happening in our church, and those who are coming to faith in Christ, and those who have new jobs and new things, and we celebrate, we thank you for those good things in our lives as well. God, and all that we know we can trust you, Jesus, and we are so grateful. Even now, we know it's Easter next weekend, and I just pray that, that God's Spirit would impress on you and your heart who you should be inviting. You know, people are open to the gospel. They, they more than ever need the good news that Jesus offers. So let him speak to you. Let him put a name in your mind of who you should send a text to, who you should make a phone call to, who you should send a note to, and just invite say, hey, come and sit with me on Easter and be reminded that God loves you. We're also reminded that we are just one expression of God's church. And we pray for Fellowship Bible Church this morning. And we pray for their leadership and their congregation as they celebrate Holy Week. How would you move among them? Would we see a great harvest there? We pray for our missionaries around the world. And we pray for Rich and Deb Steinhardt as they just minister to so many missionaries and care for them. Would you just protect their relationships? Would you help with the transitions for both them and their family and this new life that they have? We thank you for them saying yes to the calling in their life. In every part of these things, God, we just say we thank you that we can trust you, Jesus. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name over all these things. And all God's people said, amen. Will you go ahead and be seated? So glad that you are here on this Palm Sunday, this beautiful Sunday morning. I just want to welcome you to All Shores, whether it is your very first time today or you are here every week. We are glad that you are here worshiping God today and just seeking Him together. We'd love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is with our connection card. And the best way to access that is there's a QR code in front of you. You can pull out your camera, your phone and your camera anytime and just hit that and the connection card will come up. We can help you get connected. You can put prayer requests on there, and we can help you take steps in your faith. You know, if you'd rather talk to a person or fill out a card on paper like me, there's a connection point about in the lobby on the left side about there when you walk out. There's someone there that can answer questions for you as well. We'd love to connect with you that way today. I just want to remind you as well, as you know, that Easter is next Sunday. And I know that you guys have been praying, and you've already been inviting, and God is already moving, and there will be a lot of people here next week. So that means we have an opportunity to be super hospitable, to make a great impression. So there's going to be people here that you don't recognize and don't know because maybe they haven't been here a long time or ever. So I just want to encourage you just to introduce yourself, to say hi. You know, a lot of the people are new. They like to sit in the back, and so do you. But we have a lot of great seats up front and some people who are really lonely. So next week, I'm just going to challenge you to maybe come out of your comfort zone, create some space, move in, move down, maybe park further back to leave those spots. But really, it's a way that we just open up our hearts because we know God is going to be at work. We want people to be ready to receive what God has for them next, next Easter. Well, we're going to continue worshiping this morning by receiving God's uh, tithes and our offerings this morning. 
And we just ask as a church family that you always be praying and how you might participate with giving and supporting the work that's going on in the church from, you know, our ministries where we raise up the next generation with kids and youth to the things we do with adults and the outreach that we do in the community and around the world. We are grateful that you are generous and God is generous so we can just be a part of what he is doing. You know, if you are new here today, there's no expectation of you giving. We're just glad that you're here. But if this is part of your church family, man, we just want you to be praying about how you want to be investing in God's kingdom and moving with what he's doing. There's ways to give on the screen behind me, lots of ways to give online. There's also offering boxes by all the doors on the, on the side of those on the way out. And we are grateful for how you participate in that. If you're turning your attention to the screen for more information about what's happening here at All Shores. Hey church, I want to share with you about a couple of things coming up because it is Holy Week. We have Good Friday and Easter Sunday coming up. And I want to start with Good Friday. Good Friday, we have a service at 6.30 p.m. at our Spring Lake campus. It will be a united service, which means that all of our campuses are coming together to worship and reflect and pray and just spend time thinking about Jesus' death and sacrifice for us ultimately giving us a great framework to think and reflect the rest of the weekend leading into Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday, what an incredible opportunity to think about people that we can be inviting, our frank lists, right? And a recent study showed that 74% of Americans are interested in growing spiritually. For me, that's a great encouragement because it means that most of the people I interact with, if I were to invite them to church, they'd probably say yes. So for you, I'd love to encourage you to think about the people in your life and your circles of connection that you can invite to Easter Sunday. I would love to see a whole bunch of us gathered that Sunday morning. Services at 9 and 11 a.m. We've got a lot of great stuff planned, and I hope to see you there. Hey, church, this weekend is step one of the journey. If you're new to our church, the journey is the best next step from one of our services to getting plugged in, getting to know more about All Shores, and ultimately finding your spot in our church. Step one uniquely happens the first Sunday of every month at our Spring Lake campus, and it's all about All Shores' mission, our vision, our values, where we've been, and ultimately where we feel like God is calling us to go. It happens during the 11 o'clock service, so if you've got little kids, you can check them in just like you would in kids' ministry. And it takes place in our upstairs conference room. If you don't know where to go or you're unsure of where that is, just ask a member of our team. We would love to help you get there. Well, happy Sunday. So excited that we all get to be here together. My name is Evan. If we haven't met before, so thankful to be a part of this church. Hey, Brian. Um, so, and so excited that we all get to be here for this morning. We also have our Muskegon campus joining us, our Coopersville camping joining us. Everyone who's joining us online, come on, Spring Lake. Can you give your church family some love? We're so glad you're with us. And I just want to give you a shout out. If you're new here, let me just orient you to how we choose to spend our time together week after week. We usually start off with some time of worship where we sing. And part of that is because scripture instructs us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, to enter into his gates with praise, that before we ask for anything, that we just come singing about who God is and how great he is. And then usually we do have a time of prayer where we bring our own needs kind of to the forefront because we do not follow, we don't serve a God who is unconcerned with our lives, who's unconcerned with our cares, that we bring those because God cares about who we are and how our lives are going. And then we always spend time opening up God's word because we believe that the Bible is not just an instruction manual that God put together uh, thousands of years ago and we're just supposed to follow it to the best of our ability. We really believe that God's spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to us uniquely when we gather through his word. That, that God isn't just something that we mentally um, agree about that he exists, but that he's a person that he actually wants to interact with each one of us today. Amen. And so what we do before we open up God's word is we pause every week to give you space to silently affirm that whatever God wants to say to you, that you actually want to hear it. So I'm going to give you a moment to do that, give you a moment to silently affirm, and then I'm going to pray for us.
Holy Spirit, we do come before you. And we affirm that you are where our help comes from. That you are the maker of heaven and earth. That ultimately we look to you. We pray more than anything else, God, that you would meet with us here personally in this moment. I just pray that you would open up our hearts and open up our minds for the word that you have for us today. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you picked a great day to be in church. Today is Palm Sunday. I'll explain a little bit about what that means. You all should have gotten palm branches on your way in. April Fools, April Fools. We weren't together yesterday, so I saved that one for today. No, I, I wanna give you a little picture. We're entering into Holy Week. Maybe you don't know what that is. Holy Week, really, is where we stop at different points of Jesus's journey to the cross and ultimately to his resurrection. The first one is today, Palm Sunday, where we follow Jesus's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And so we're gonna do that today. The passage that we're gonna be walking through today is gonna be right there. Next, this Thursday, is we, we honor or remember what is called Maundy Thursday, where that commemorates Jesus washing his disciples' feet in the Last Supper, and we'll participate in what we call communion towards the end of our time together, which kind of replicates what Jesus did with his disciples. Then on Friday, uh, you already heard an announcement about it, Good Friday is where we remember Jesus' crucifixion and death. It's the day that, that we remember Jesus was actually crucified, and he actually died and was buried. And then Holy Saturday was kind of the day of inactivity. It was their Sabbath where no one was really allowed to do anything. And so it honors Jesus's body resting in the tomb. And finally, last but certainly not least, Easter Sunday, a week from today, at all of our campuses next week, celebrates Jesus's resurrection and his victory over sin and death, which we're excited about. The message then behind Holy Week is that if you and I, if we just skip to next Sunday, if we just skip Jesus's journey to the empty tomb, what Holy Week tells us is that we will have missed out on part of the story, on part of the experience. The importance of next Sunday isn't just that Jesus rose from the dead, but it's also how it happened that's so incredible. And so today we're going to be in Luke chapter 19 to really follow along this part of Jesus's journey. But before we do, we're gonna center our time around one question that comes out of this passage. This is the question we're gonna spend the rest of our time trying to answer. Here it is. What will following Jesus cost you? What will following Jesus cost you? Let me just give you a little context before we dive into Luke 19. Keep this in mind. Jesus has already finished his earthly ministry with his disciples in tow, and since he has made a beeline for Jerusalem, and not just Jesus, but all of Israel is coming to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Every year, everyone who can makes their way to Jerusalem to participate in the feast that God instructed them to continually remember where God brought the Israelite people out of, out of slavery, out of bondage in Egypt. It was the same festival that Jesus' parent, parents took him to when he was a kid. And over the last three years of Jesus' ministry, things have been coming to a head between Jesus and some of the religious leaders of his day that they've about had enough of him. And this is the week that they will ultimately arrest him and turn him over to be crucified. What will following Jesus cost you? I'm gonna give you the first answer ahead of time. Here it is. Following Jesus will cost you a cult. Let me show you what I mean. This is in verse 29 of Luke chapter 19. This is what it says says, as Jesus approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples 
saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it to me. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he has told them. And as they were untying someone else's colt, the owners came and asked them, what are you doing? Why are you untying our colt? And they replied the words that Jesus told them. Good thing he gave them some heads up. The Lord needed it. Following Jesus will cost you a colt. What I want to know is, was this a regular thing that Jesus did? Like, how many donkeys throughout his ministry are we talking about? Like, it was like Jesus was just walking around ancient Israel with a bunch of sticky notes. Just like, the Lord needs this. The Lord needs your boat. The Lord needs... Like, is that... Are we allowed to do that? Because if so, we are going to be handing out tons of sticky notes for you next Sunday. And you can just go around wherever you live and just start claiming things that the Lord needs. The other question that I have is, did the disciples know why... Jesus needed a donkey that no one had ridden yet. And maybe they're maybe they smarter than we are, but my guess is they didn't. I, I don't see Jesus telling them why. I just hear him telling them what. We said earlier, following Jesus will cost you a colt. Well, what does that mean? Here's another way that we can say it. Following Jesus will require obedience over understanding. What will following Jesus cost you? Following Jesus will require obedience over understanding. That you and I, we don't always get privileged to the why behind everything Jesus instructs us to do. But it does not impede our ability to be faithful to what he has instructed us to do. Apparently in Jesus' day, riding a colt into a city suggested that he's already achieved a victory. It's a direct reference to a verse in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah, suggesting that Jesus is triumphant, victorious, yet humble. Come on, church, help, help me out here. What will following Jesus cost you? Following Jesus will cost you a, a colt. Following Jesus will cost you a colt. Here's the second one. Following Jesus will cost you a cloak. See what I mean? We, we pick up in verse 35. This is what the text says. It says, the disciples brought the donkey to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on it and put Jesus on top of the cloaks. And as he went along, people took off and spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near to the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully praising God in loud voices. For all the miracles that they had seen, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Following Jesus will cost you a cloak. We tried to inspire our greeters this morning to spread their cloaks out for you this morning that you could walk upon, but they, they weren't a big fan. No, that, it's weird, right? For Jesus, for, for his disciples, for all of Jerusalem, it, it wasn't as much weird as it was unheard of. It wasn't as much unthinkable as it was long forgotten that the only person who you would lay down your cloak for was for the rightful king. Not for a foreign puppet, but for a bona fide Israelite king, and they had not had one of those in centuries. And here comes Jesus. We said following Jesus will cost you a cloak. What does that mean? Here's, here's another way to say it. Following Jesus will require humility over elevation. What will it cost you? Following Jesus will require humility over elevation. Think about this. They did not have concrete. They did not have asphalt, just dirt. They didn't have closets at home with a spring jacket, a fall jacket, a winter coat, for those of you who are really fancy, a shacket, okay? No, 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 they had one cloak, okay? And they didn't have washing machines, they didn't have stain remover, and so for them to lay their one cloak down for some guy on a donkey to walk over, that was a big deal. 
And this wasn't a premeditated act. It wasn't like parents were reminding their kids on the way to the town parade, remember, kids, if Jesus comes strolling in on a donkey, take off your cloak. It wasn't as much an act of will as it was an act of worship. And that's the difference between deference or respect and humility. That respect is something that we have to mentally remind ourselves to do. Humility just flows out of the heart. All right, church, help me out again. Following Jesus will cost you a a cloak. Following Jesus will cost you a a colt. Come on. Following Jesus will also cost you and I a cross. Following Jesus will cost you a cross. Last two verses, starting in verse 39. Some of the Pharisees were standing there in the crowd, and they said to Jesus as he's riding by, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The Pharisees are indignant. The crowd calls Jesus a king. What do the Pharisees call him? A mere teacher. Almost as if they're saying, Jesus, we get that you might be one of us, but surely, surely you're not a king. And what does Jesus say? He says, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out, which is a really interesting response. Here's what Jesus doesn't say. Jesus doesn't say to the Pharisees, you're just jealous because they like me better. He doesn't say, they will not stop worshiping me because they're so loyal to me. He doesn't say, hey, just watch, they'll pick me over you. No, he says, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, even if I'm all alone and no one is by my side, I will still be who they say I am. And if you know the rest of the story, you know that in a few short days, Jesus will indeed be all by himself. That on Sunday, they throw down their cloaks before him, but on Friday, they vote for his crucifixion. And this is the gut-wrenching part of Palm Sunday. Jesus once said, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. I think in this case, it's highly unlikely that Jesus did something so polarizing between Sunday and Friday to drastically change the crowd's allegiance. What their actions reveal in this moment is that they were not as much clapping for Jesus as they were for themselves. That they were, they weren't cheering for Jesus as much as they were for themselves. They didn't see Jesus as a savior from their sin, but as a boost to their bank account and to their livelihoods. They wanted blessing and protection, not relationship. We said that following Jesus will cost you a cross. What, is, what does that mean? Here's, here's what we see. That we must follow the person of Jesus over the mere idea of him. That we, that we have to follow the person of Jesus rather than the mere idea of him. Now, I'm, I'm gonna take us back to December for a moment, and I am allowed to do that because there was frost on my window this morning, okay? <laughs> that I had to that I had to get off. So if you go back to December, if you go back to Christmas, what was God's message to the world? God's message to the world was, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy for all people. What's Jesus's message out of Easter? He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. What will Jesus cost you? Following Jesus will cost you a cross. Following Jesus will require us to follow the person of Jesus over the mere idea of him. And that is what is at the heart of Palm Sunday. Because the people that day were willing to follow Jesus, but only so far. 
They were willing to accept him as long as he abided by their expectations. They were willing to honor him as king up to the point where they became disappointed. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question. What will following Jesus cost you? Here's what we see. What's the price? Here it is. Following Jesus will cost you farther than you expect to go. Following Jesus will cost you farther than you expect to go. This was where the crowds drew a line. They were fine with King Jesus. A high tide raises all boats, if you will. They were fine with Jesus elevating them, rescuing them from Rome, asserting his dominance, but what they were not ready for was arrested Jesus. They were not ready for defeated Jesus. They had no pity for whipped, bruised, or beaten Jesus. In fact, they despised, crucified Jesus. And if we're not careful, so do we. We look past the discipline, the patience, the kindness of Jesus. We love Jesus the winner, not so much Jesus the criminal. And yet Jesus invites us to walk in his broken, bloody footsteps. He says, a servant is not above his master, but it is enough to be like him. You know, when you, when you preach on Palm Sunday, you're supposed to stick to the script. But this whole week, there's this other passage that's been coming to mind that I just have not been able to get out of my, my head. And, and here it is. It's called the parable of the sower. Some of you may be unfamiliar with this. Let me just catch you up to speed. Jesus told parables during his earthly ministry, and they were riddles, if you will, stories that had hidden meaning inside of them. And one of the parables that he tells is called the parable of the sower. And so let me just paraphrase it for you. Jesus told of of someone going out into his garden and spreading seed. And the first place that that the gardener threw seed was on the path. And he said the birds came and ate up the seed. The second place that that the seed fell was rocky soil. And the plants started to grow, but the roots could not get down very deep. And so when the sun came, Jesus says it scorched the plants and they died and were no more. The third place that the gardener threw seed was among the weeds. And those plants grew up. They, They survived. But because The weeds were there, they choked out their life, and they ended up producing nothing. And then Jesus said, some some seed fell on good soil. And that crop grew up 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Here's what's been arresting me this week. So for me, I don't think that parable is as much about plants as it is about people about where we draw a line for where we'll follow Jesus. Let me, let me show you the first one. The first one is the path. What will it cost to follow Jesus? It'll cost you a cult. What does is, what is the cult symbolize? It symbolizes that sometimes we need to understand everything before we do it. And part of what Jesus explains later in the parable is that he says that the seed that's thrown on on the hard path were people who did not have understanding and so the enemy came and stole the seed away. The second one is the rocky ground. And Jesus tells this parable about how seed is thrown on the rocky ground and, and, and the plants bring down their roots, but it doesn't go too far because pretty soon trouble, persecution, trials come And the person ultimately turns away from God and the plant is no more. Just like the the cross. Hardship, that we don't expect things to get hard, that we want Jesus to protect us and and so we ultimately turn away. The, The third one was throwing seed among the weeds. Jesus explains in this parable that the weeds are the cares and the riches of this world, that that the plant still exists, but the, the weeds come in and they take away nutrients, they take away focus, and so ultimately the plant produces nothing. 
And then some seed falls among good soil. And here's the question that I have. God, what is there in me that you want to remove so that this week I can more willingly, more heartily follow you? And it's the same question I would ask you. I believe to my core that there's always room for us to follow God more or to go deeper into the life that God has from us, that, that all of us are somewhere and there, there's a ways to go into where God has designed us to be. And part of the question I ask myself every Sunday is, God, what do you want to do this week to help get me closer to the person that you created me to be? And I'm just wondering, for you and for me, what, what would be a next step? If you're asking what are some of those next steps, here are three of the simplest next steps that I can think of. The first one is this. Follow along Jesus' journey. The whole point of Holy Week is that we follow along Jesus' journey, that we don't just skip to Easter, but that we walk with Jesus every step of the way on the road to his crucifixion and ultimately his resurrection. And so one invite that I would have for you is to join Jesus on his journey to the cross in Scripture. And there's a couple ways that you can do that. One, if you remember at the, you know, this was six weeks ago, but at the beginning of our Lent series, we handed out a Lent guide, Scripture reading guide, that you could kind of follow along with Scripture readings. And we still have those available digitally at our last series page. It's allshores.org slash grid, G-R-I-D. That's the, was the name of our last series. Go on there this week, download, and there's seven days left that you can follow along in scripture, Jesus's journey to the cross. Or maybe you have a smartphone, maybe you have the YouVersion Bible app. You can go onto your YouVersion Bible app, download a eight-day plan, and for the next eight days that you can follow along Jesus's journey. Here's the next one. Seek God personally. Here's what I know about my life, and probably your life too, is that we don't have margin, that we don't have extra space or extra energy. And so if you or I are going to intentionally seek God personally, we're probably going to need to choose that ahead of time. That you're not going to get to Wednesday this week and be like, oh, I have an extra hour. What should I do with it? No, we're, we're probably going to need to find some time every day to walk with and to seek God personally. My question for you is, what, when is that? What part of the day? Is it in the morning, the night? Is that noon? What Driving to work? When is it? That all of us, I think, following along Jesus' journey, seeking God personally. Here's the last one. Worshiping God together. And this is probably my favorite. And I am so glad that when God designed his people, that he designed us together. That this isn't, this isn't something that all of us are supposed to go do on our own and do our best, but that we're supposed to come together regularly, every single week, in small groups and in large groups, and encourage each other, inspire each other, care for each other. And so I would just encourage you, will you join us this week? We have two opportunities. You heard about Good Friday on Friday. That's going to be here at Spring Lake at 6.30, or if you're a part of the Muskegon campus, we're uniquely linking up with other Muskegon churches. We'd love for you to join us for that. Or next Sunday, Easter Sunday, at all of our campuses, we would love for you to join us that, that we're going to celebrate that Jesus is victorious over sin and death. Bring some people with you. Save them a seat. Last, last question, what's your next step? And the reason why I ask this is honestly because I don't know. I don't know what you need. But remember, we believe that God wants to speak to us, that you don't need me to tell you what step you need to take, that, that God wants to speak to you. And so I just want to take a moment where we would take some time and that you would just ask God, God, is there anything that you want me to take out of this place? 
And for some of you, you may never have heard God speak before. You may not know what that means, or you may, you know, and that's okay. My, my hope would be is would you be open to taking a few moments to potentially experience it? And so if you'll do me a favor, if you'll close your eyes, I just want to lead us in a prayer and pray that God would move. Holy Spirit, we come before you so grateful for your words, Jesus, for your example. Jesus, we're so thankful that you are the rightful king, not just for the Israelites 2,000 years ago, but you are our rightful king, that you are the only one who it would be appropriate to spread out our cloaks for, that you're the only one who reorients our reality to what is true and what is right. And God, I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, knowing, Holy Spirit, that you love us, that you care for us, that you're not waiting to get us or to reprimand us. You love us. Jesus died for us. Holy Spirit, I just pray in whatever way is helpful that you would speak to each and every person that something would resonate, whether it's a word, a phrase, a conviction, a memory, that you would imprint that upon our souls and that we'd be able to take that with us into the world. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to take a moment. There, there may be some of you who when you walked in or when you flipped on the laptop this morning, that you would say, I don't know what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may know about God, but you wouldn't say you're walking with God. And it would be my great honor just to pause for a moment and to invite you to potentially take a step. And I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front, but I do want to know who I'm praying for. And so if you will, whether you're online, you can put a thumbs up in the chat, or if you're here in the Spring Lake campus, will you just slip your hand up so I can see you? Yes, I see you. Yes, yes, I see you. Yes, I see you over there. Yeah, right there. Will you just pray this prayer in your own words? Say, Heavenly Father, I hear you. And I sense in some way that you are calling me, stirring something in me. And to the best of my ability, I want to respond to that. Let's pray, Holy Spirit, make me new on the inside. Will you generate something in me that I cannot manufacture on my own? And will you help me to lead a life worthy of the calling that I've received? And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Can you celebrate some new brothers and sisters in Christ, everybody? Amen. If you made that decision today, can I just instruct you to do one thing? Will you let us know? You can go to that same connection card, allshores.org slash, slash um, connect, or there's connection cards at our connection point in the lobby. Let us know. We would love, we have some resources that we'd love to give you. We would love to walk alongside you in this thing that we call faith. And as we do every week, we are going to celebrate communion Unlike the palm branches, you should have gotten communion on your way in. If you didn't, we're going to sing half of a song. Go out into the lobby if you want to grab a cup and come back in. We'd love for you to do that. But we're going to partake in doing that just like, the, just like Jesus did with his disciples that last night. And we are going to sing. So why don't you stand? We'd love to sing. And then we'll come back and do communion together. Lord, I come, I confess 
that guides my heart. say that Jesus exacts a heavy cost. And it'd be true. But it's because he paid a heavy price. That he didn't just preach a sermon. He didn't just send us a card that said good luck. That he paid for our salvation with his body and with his blood. And so every Sunday we come and celebrate that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. And we remember that every Sunday. And and so we remember that on his last night with his friends, Jesus took the bread at the supper and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And so we do that together, church. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood of a new covenant, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink this, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we do that together as well. Let's continue to sing. my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay when I cannot stand I'll fall
so thankful that we got to be together for Palm Sunday and that we get to follow Jesus' example to the cross. If you will, I'd love for you just to hold out your hands. I'd love to give you a blessing as we go that none of us can do this on our own, that God will give you what you need. So may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you. May his face shine upon you. May he bring you peace. And may he inspire you to follow Jesus' example to the cross, that while we follow his example in death, we also are raised with him. Amen? Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. We love you, church. We'll see you Friday. We'll see you Sunday.